You're listening to Average Joe Sports Talk Podcast with your boy e Yo, what up, everybody? This is your boy E-Man coming at you. Episode 16, man. And here we go, man. Let's get this started right, fast, and speedy. First weekend of the NFL. Let's get this crackling up in here. There was a lot of good games out there. There was some surprises. I mean, we had some like quarterbacks that went out of this world. We had some backup guys that stepped up and did their thing. And we got to lead this off with the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It ended up in a tie. So look, Cleveland did not lose for the first time in 13 years in one of their home openers. Ridiculous. They didn't win either. But yeah, it was a step in the right direction. They played a strong Pittsburgh Steelers team. And you know what, dude? No excuses. I mean, it was bad weather, no doubt about it. It was it was an ugly, ugly scene. It was a very ugly environment. But you know what? Football is an outdoor game. And you know, these are two teams that play in the cold, they play in the snow, so they, they should be used to it about it. I don't care if it's September or not. Yo, I'm telling you, good signs from the Cleveland Browns. Excellent signs. I didn't expect this. I thought it was going to be a, a very, very uh, defined game by Pittsburgh winning. But, eh, man, I mean, Cleveland brought it. They came in strong. Defense looked good. And no excuses. James Conner stepped in, started for Le'Veon Bell. He, he put up the same stats Le'Veon Wood. He had 31 carries, 135 yards, two TDs. All right, no doubt about it. That, those are Le'Veon numbers. He also caught the ball three times for 60 yards. That's what Le'Veon does. So there's no excuses whatsoever. Fortunately, the turnover battle, man, was won by Cleveland. Because Big Ben, even though he threw for 335, 335 yards, threw three picks. It was insane. I got to give them credit. They did a great job. Tyrod Taylor... That's the reason why they got him. Nothing impressive in regards to percentage numbers because he only threw for 51%, 15 out of 40, 197 yards, and threw for a TD, which was an insane throw to Josh Gordon. His only reception of the game, that was the only receiving touchdown of the game. He got busy. He threw that in there. Boom. Great catch. Great throw. That's why you, you, you got Terod. He had that one pick. Also was the leading rusher for the Browns. And you know what I'm saying? Leading rushes for the Browns. He actually himself rushed for, he actually rushed for about 77 yards. Actually, 77 yards and eight carries, you know, and a touchdown. Carlos Hyde had the other, um, the bulk of the load. Uh, I'm glad I didn't start Duke Johnson, thank God, in my you know, daily fantasy team. Because uh, Duke didn't do jack. Carlos Hyde took bo- most of the bulk of the carries. One TD and 62 yards between two carries. That's not bad. Percentage-wise, almost less than three yards a carry, but he got a TD. Tyrod Taylor was good. I mean, Jarvis Landry, what about Jarvis, man? He blessed him. No TDs, but he blessed every single corner that was out there because 106 yards on seven receptions at 15 yards a reception, not bad. Not bad at all. You know, Josh Gordon really, really impresses me. This is a guy that has wasted his talent with all the bonehead off-the-field stuff he's actually done. To just go in there in limited snaps and get himself a touchdown in one reception, it was a heck of a catch. Story of the game, of course, not just missing field goals in overtime from both plays. I mean, it was just a crappy environment with the weather. Dude, three picks by Rossberger is not going to cut it. James Conner did his thing. You know, Big Ben definitely did not come up. It was just a sorry performance by Ben. But uh, hey, step in the right direction for this Browns franchise. You know, Tarot Taylor, is, if he keeps doing this, he's, he's going he's gonna to stay a starting quarterback. But I don't know for how long. Because I think Baker, he's just keeping the seat warm for Baker. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm just going to hit the points of today's games that I thought they were very interesting to myself, to an average show, you know what I mean? And the next game that caught my eye was definitely the um, the Buccaneers against the Saints. Wait a minute. Not in my wildest dreams I was going to see or thought that Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to go 21 for 28, 417 yards, no picks. This guy's infamous for throwing inter- interceptions and four touchdowns. And before I go to Breeze... I got to touch Tampa Bay. I mean, dude, Ryan Fitzpatrick even had 36 yards rushing 
took the ball 12 times and scored a TD. All right. Unbelievable. He was the second leading rusher for the team. Evans, beast as always, 147 yards, one TD. One thing about Fitzpatrick, he's from Harvard, guys. He's not a stupid quarterback. He's just sometimes makes stupid decisions. Maybe that was an oxymoron. But Evans had a touchdown. He he does have an arm. He can throw it out there. And I think it, it catered to Evans running the deep routes. And so was Jackson. Deshaun Jackson, his career has always been, you know, feast or famine. And he had two two TDs today with 146 yards. And this kid, when he goes out there, he's going to beat your defender. And you know what? Fitzpatrick got the ball in his hands. Uh, Chris Goodwin had three receptions, 41 uh, yards and a TD. It was just insane. I mean, talk about unexpected offense from Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, I know what Evans can do. And Deshaun Jackson has proven his career as well. But did not expect this. The final score is 48 to 40. You would have told me this is the final 88 points between both teams. I would probably guess 50 from the uh, Saints and maybe 38 from Tampa Bay Bucks. But wow. Now, Drew Brees had a crazy ass game himself. 37 out of 45, 439 passing yards, three touchdowns, and he still lost. Alvin Kamara did it on both sides of the ball, had 112 receiving yards for the TD, had two rushing touchdowns. Kamara's the truth, man. He's, he's just completely sick. Michael Thomas doing his thing, 16 receptions, 180 yards. I mean, wow. Let's talk about daily fantasy in this game because this was the ultimate stack game. Now, in my own fantasy league today, I had uh, Kamara, also uh, Breeze, and uh, Michael Thomas in my um, FanDuel, one of my FanDuel fantasy lineups. But if I would have known that Fitzpatrick was going to do this, I would have I would have stacked Fitzpatrick and Evans, and I would have stacked Breeze in the same lineup, you know, with um, Michael Thomas. But come on, how do you know? It's It's football. But it was just unexpected. It was just a freaking gunslinging show. There was so much touchdowns being thrown and so much scoring. There was so much scoring in this game. There was more scoring in this game than Will Chamberlain at a swingers party. Put it that way. It was insane. And I'm going to talk defense on this because there's no defense on either side of the ball. It was just pure offense. Today, Fitzpatrick was better than Breeze. Whoa. Can you believe that? I, I Unexpected at all. But man, it was a fun and entertaining game. I dig it. I don't think Fitzpatrick is going to do this again. He's done this in the past every once in a while, but hey, kudos to Tampa Bay, man. Fitzpatrick does this four more games. I don't know if famous James might get into the starting rotation. You know what I'm saying? All right, next game is the Cincinnati Bengals against the Indianapolis Colts. And the reason why I want to touch on this game is because, you know, Andrew Luck is back. Andrew was a little rusty, but it looked good. Took some hits, was mobile on his feet. He um, threw for 319 yards, two TDs and one pick, but it was good seeing him back. It was good seeing him back. And mind you, this team is not great. This is not a great team. They don't have a good running back. Gore is with Miami, who had a pretty decent night today. You know, Jack Doyle did a couple of things. Eric Abron Ab- was had the only TD. And T.Y. Hilton did his thing. But it wasn't great. It wasn't out there. I mean, the rushing game was really, really poor. On the other hand, for Cincinnati, Andy Dalton, you know, 243, two TDs and one pick. I mean, he did his thing, managed the game. Mixon had 95 yards, rushing, one TD. It was good. Giovanni Bernard, nowhere to be seen. A.J. Green solid with his usual one TD, 92 yards on six catches. Mixon's caught it five times at 54. You know, they moved the ball around. It was good. I mean, it, it was pretty, pretty good. I, I, there's no doubt about this. But it's good to see Andrew Luck not only using his feet, but able to compete and be back on the field, man. You know, this guy's an elite quarterback. And 34 to 23, you know, it was close throughout the first, you know, before the before the fourth quarter. And guess what, man? You know, it was it was good to see Andrew Luck out there, man. It was great to see Andrew Luck out there doing his thing all over again. The other game that caught my eye was the Chiefs against the Chargers. And I'm gonna tell you why. Patrick Mahomes, 15 out of 27, he threw for four touchdowns. This kid is a gun. You know that, right? This kid right here, sitting behind Alex Smith for a year, actually paid his dues and paid dividends. You know, Kareem Hunt. 
49 yards, nothing crazy. Tariq Hill, who's a ridiculously speedster, had two TDs, 169 yards on seven reception. It's all deep out here. You know what I mean? Great, great job by Mahomes. He looks like he has a hold of this offense. Andy Reid is just the truth, man. He's a good coach and he knows he knows what to do, man. And I think this guy right here definitely did his thing. You know, on the other hand, Philip Rivers, man. Philip Rivers does what Philip Rivers does. Probably one of the most consistent, underrated quarterbacks because he hasn't made a lot of playoffs, hasn't won a ring yet, but he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Threw for 424 yards, 34 out of 51, three TDs and one pick. Man, he's just nasty. You know, Melvin Gordon, 64 yards, not a lot. Just they were just better. Keenan Allen, who I had in my one of my fantasy lineups too, um, had 108 yards receiving yards. But Melvin Gordon is a dual threat, man. He actually had nine receptions for 102 yards. And you can't go wrong. Nowadays, this NFL is all about running backs that can do, uh, that can play both sides of the ball in regards to not, not just carrying it, but also catching it. And Melvin Gordon is one of those cats who's very, very dangerous. Wow. Great game. Kansas City Chiefs have a lot, a lot to look for. They just found the franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. You can't go wrong with that. I mean, you cannot go wrong with that. It's super awesome. And I cannot, you know, you can't complain with that. Uh, next, man, my G-man. My G-man against, and I'm always going to talk about the Giants because they're my squad. So you're going to get that on a weekly dosage from, um, you know, from this podcast. But man, you know, my G-man just did not have it today. I mean, good notes here. Saquon Barkley had a decent game. Broke off for that 68-yard TD run. At the end of the day, 18 uh, carries, 106 yards. Don't get me wrong. He was getting pounded. He was getting challenged. That's a tough defense. That's a very tough D, man. And he's the only bright spot of that team. I mean, had that TD. I mean, you could see even when he was struggling in the first half, you could see that he was, he, he has the moves. He has the quality. He's a big guy that was afraid of pound it. Also caught it. He actually had a couple of good receptions. I mean, Saquon had two for 22 yards, 11, you know, 11 yards average per catch. Dude, you know, not bad. You know, OBJ, man, 11 receptions, 111 yards. Did not find the end zone. Not his fault. Definitely Eli's. Let's touch on Eli. You know, I love the Sa- the the Barkley pick. I love Saquon Barkley pick. No doubt about it. But I wish we had a younger quarterback. Eli, 23 out of 37. Not too bad but just managing the game. And then through that one pick, which it was, you know, yeah, it was tipped. Got it out there. The defense for the Jags won this game. And also Eli not being able to take any risk. The Jags had were, all, you know, it wasn't like the, the the offensive line protected Eli pretty well. I mean, they had he, two sacks on Eli and a total of probably six hits. Yes, maybe not ideal, but for that kind of defense, the line did their job. And for a quarterback like Bortles, who wasn't really... Did much, 5.3 yards uh, completion. It's what Bortle does. One TD, one interception was horrible. I mean, Bortles also ran it four times for 42 yards. That's what keeps him in the game. So Fournette went out with an injury. T.Y. Hilton did his thing. But again, this team, the defense is what, you know, won the game. Won the game here for this, right here. It was 20 to 15. And these are the kind of games that Jacksonville Jaguars are going to do. They're going to run some very, very tight, low-scoring games. They're going to be ugly. And it is what it is. Now, on the Giants' side, Saquon, dude, I love, I, li- I like him as a running back. I wish we would have, we had a younger quarterback, but I think the Giants are going to be okay. It, it, when they play other teams, don't have as good defense as the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they'll be able to put up some points. Again, my boy um, OBJ got his money. Came in, 11 yards, 11 receptions, I'm sorry, 111 yards, 10 yards a, a catch. Not bad, not bad at all against that D. 
And um, around the league, there was some other honorable mentions, man. What about Brady and Gronk? It's the same thing, man. Brady and Gronk. Oh, my God. New England. I can't stand New England. But I'm glad that my Giants are 2-0 against them in the in the uh, Super Bowl. Come on, man. I mean, they won 27-20. Deshaun Watson was so off. It's not even funny. I mean, I don't know, man. Doesn't Hasn't he learned his lesson? I mean, he, he's dating a, a, what's her name? The porn star. I forget what her name is. Mia Khalifa, whatever her name is. And doesn't he know that, bro? Dating porn stars weak in the knees, baby. You cannot. You're an athletic dude. You rely on your knees. Should not be tapping that the night before, man. What's up with that? But they looked horrible. It was so bad. Lamar Miller had a solid game, but Deshaun Watson looked looked ridiculously bad. 27 to 20. Gronk had a nasty ass catch. I mean, you should have seen that. Brady just threw it out there, and all of a sudden, Gronk just returned, and I was like, whoa, what is up with that? But, you know, Brady, typical being Brady, three TDs, one pick. Deshaun Watson. 17 for 34, 176 yards. That ain't gonna. Another honorable mention that I saw that caught my eye was definitely the Ravens defense. Whoa, 47 of three. Now, yes, it is the Buffalo Bills. And I said a couple of weeks ago when I was naming my top 10 worst quarterbacks, dude, Nathan Peterman, it's not the answer, and neither is Allen. So 47 to three. Flacco had a ridiculous day. I mean, he's back. It's a really bad defensive team and a really bad offensive team. I mean, Allen went 6 for 15 and 74 yards. They put him in there. That's how bad it was. It was such a route. It's not even funny. Flacco had, went 25 for 34, 236, three TDs. Can't go wrong with that. But, dude, what is up with Peterman? Freaking Allen had more leaving yards than Peterman. I mean, it's insane. Peterman was out there for most of the game. I think Allen came in in the third quarter. Peterman went 5 for 18 with 24 yards and threw two picks. Same thing he did last year when he started uh, in front of Tarot Taylor that one game and threw, like, four picks. This is a dumpster fire of a, of, a, of a team right now, the Buffalo Bills, because none of these cats are ready. Um, Peterman is not an NFL quarterback. Jared Allen is not ready yet, but he has nobody to learn from. Nobody to learn from. It is what it is, man. It's just, just an ugly game. And I just wanted to mention that. That's, how, that. that's the dumpster fire game of the day. 47 or 3, ridiculous, my friend. And my other, uh, another honorable mention, Kirk Cousins, man. He debuted it with a win. He looked good. He looked really, really good. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, man, you know. Same thing, man. He's, he actually he's dating another porn star. So what do you think about that? Another guy that went out there and there was so much hype with Jimmy V, with Jimmy G, I'm sorry, with Garoppolo that he did not come up, man. I think, I don't know if the pressure was too much. It was, he was, he was nowhere to be found. And uh, another guy that, you know, they should have never had, should have never tapped that, you know, porn star during that date because that, that, that it gives you bad GGs, man. Bad, bad jujus, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it was, it was again, Kirk Cousins has too many weapons. Thielen, eight. Diggs, eight. And Kyle Rudolph, eight. And they have a great defense. No surprise there. I definitely had them. Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm a little disappointed. I thought he was going to do a lot better. Hey, man, Jimmy Garoppolo's game was worse than a, than a, you know, than a scene from an 80s porn movie. It was not even funny. What about Case Keenum, man? Yo, Case Keenum, all he does is win, win, win. It doesn't matter with what team he does. So Case Keenum, you know, the Broncos beat the Seahawks 27-24. And I was actually expecting the Seahawks to win. I know the Seahawks don't have a lot of a lot of a lot of you know a lot of weapons nowadays. Russell did his thing 19 out of 33, three TDs, two picks. Case Keenum had 329 yards, man. Even though he threw three picks, it was three touchdowns. Sanders got busy with 10 receptions. It was out of control. So hey, like listen, at the end of the day, with that defense, good old line, Case Keenum is not gonna take it to the promised land, but I think Case Keenum definitely will will take you to the playoffs. We'll definitely take you to the playoffs. And I was surprised that he won the first game, especially like as a good team like the Seattle uh, Seahawks. And another note, Seattle again has no running game. Because Marshawn Lynch retired or left and came back, has no running game, which is kind of sad. You know, Lockett 
it's not your your main guy here. Uh, Baldwin, not play today. It's just not not a good team. And I feel bad for Russell because Russell's gonna struggle, man. He's gonna be doing his thing. Russell is gonna be doing, just gonna do it. He does. He's a great quarterback. He's never been that great. I mean, he's never had a great team. Never been played with an elite quarterback. I mean, elite receivers or you know, there's elite most elite receivers. Baldwin and then Jimmy Graham last year before he signed with um with the um Packers. And talking about the Packers, man, I you know they're they're down ten zip. Mitchell Trubisky ran a touchdown in. It was an eight play drive. Walked it down the field. Whoa. Where did Trubinsky go? I guess Trubinsky's, you know, heard my podcast last week about the top 10 starting quarterbacks of 2018. And so did Ryan Fitzpatrick because they both plays like freaking elite quarterbacks, man. They, they both play like Brady. Brady and Breeze and Rodgers, man. They're, they're, these guys are on fire. But, man, it was great right now. Left to play. We have tomorrow's tomorrow's lineup. This is Sunday. I, you know, I like to jump in and record my podcast on Sunday because that's when everything goes on. Right now, you know, I, the Packers should be able to come back. Um, it's too early yet. I think Rodgers is going to, you know, round up the troops and make it interesting. I know the Bears have great D, and I know Khalil Mack is going to play on a limited amount of snaps. Now, tomorrow, will you have the uh, Jets and Lions? I think I got the Lions on that one. I mean, I like Sam Darnold, but the Jets don't have enough weapons. And Rams and Raiders, no doubt, the Ra- the Rams have the best team, and they're going to go ahead and take this. It, too much defense. Gurley, Woods, Brandon Cook, they just have too much offense. Too much offense and too much defense. They're going to definitely annihilate the uh, Oakland Raiders. Now, maybe not because of what happened with the Bucks and Saints. But, hey, that's definitely the biggest surprise of the day. Takeaways from today, opening weekend, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mr. Harbour, had probably the best day for a quarterback and unexpected. Props to the Browns. Step in the right directions. No doubt about it. Welcome back, Andrew Luck. Man, we we de- definitely missed this guy, and um, I think he's um, he just need a couple of games to get under his belt. And uh, really, really bad games with Deshaun Watson, who's the truth. But hey, I don't know what happened today. But you know, Brady does what Brady always does: consistency with no receivers, just a good system and a good quarterback. So hey, around the NFL, baby, week one, let's get it popping. The much anticipated rematch between Saul Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin Triple G is just around the corner. In less than a week, September 15th, Saturday night, there is really no love loss whatsoever between Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. Let's recap a little bit of this history. Triple G, 39-0 with one draw, which was a fight against Canelo, 34 knockouts. Canelo, 41 and 49 and 1, two draws and 34 KOs. His only loss was to Floyd Mayweather, which, again, he fought Floyd Mayweather way too early, man, before he was even ready. He was like 21 years old. There seems to be a lot more animosity right now between these two cats. Number one, given Canelo's drug test failure, which caused the constellation of the original rematch, it was supposed to take place in May. Triple G is not a happy camper. He feels that he was cheated that Canelo is a cheater because he took the illegal substance in order to try to help him win the first fight. And Canelo swears that Triple G is just, why is he talking smack about me? I beat him, you know, you know, fair and square. And decisively, he feels like he won that fight. It shouldn't have been a rematch. It shouldn't have been a draw whatsoever. So I'm telling you, man, these two cats don't like each other. Now, my thoughts on the first fight, very close. Very, very close. A couple things. Did not see Triple G take any risk. He fought a very calculated fight. Definitely outscored Canelo. He threw more punches, connected at a higher percentage, connected more, but was not that aggressive Triple G that just 
has that style, you know, like I'm going to move forward. He still moved forward, but he did not take any risk, which is unlike Triple G. He displayed a boxing skill. He was commanding the ring very well, moving very well, boxing and eluding uh, a lot of Canelo's um, power shots. That's not like Triple G style. He's heads on. I'm going to bang with you. You're going to bang with me. We're going to go in there, let the stronger men wing. I knew he was, you have to be careful with Canelo. He's never faced anybody of Canelo's uh, strength and power. Now, with Canelo's, on the other hand, Canelo went in there and fought his fight. Uh, don't get me wrong. He hit Triple G with everything he had. Triple G took every shot, and I think that was the, the reason why people went both ways. One guy connected the harder punches, which I definitely feel it was Canelo, but the other guy connected at a higher percentage. They both hit each other, no doubt about it. I think Canelo needed to you know, do more. I think he thought that he had to fight one because he had the more stronger, the, the more, um, I guess, statement shots. Even though neither guy I felt in the whole fight were hurt. So it was a complete, these two guys that go ahead. I mean, Triple G goes forward, Canelo goes forward. Now, I think this time, both guys really don't like each other. Number one, Triple G knows he could take Canelo's power. And this time is definitely going to take more risk, Triple G style. It's going to be that I'm going to move forward again. I'm going to box. But, dude, I'm going to mix it up, man. I'm going to go inside, and I'm going to take your shots, but I'm going to give you mine. And that's bad news for Canelo. Now, Canelo, on the other hand, Canelo can box. He's not a fast guy, but Canelo has really good technique. And I think Canelo this time is going to throw more punches. He's just not going to rely on, I'm going to throw the hardest one and get away. Both guys are going to take risk, and both guys, somebody's going to get knocked the F out in this fight. I'm sorry. If it's not going to be a knockout, it's somebody's going to be. Somebody's going to hit the floor. Somebody's going to hit the canvas in this fight. It's going to be Triple G or Canelo, but both cats are going in there. They hate each other. They feel like the other person won the first fight. Anibal Sanchez is talking smack about, you know, Triple G's camp that, I mean, mean, Canelo's camp because they, you know, they cheated and then, you know, they're taking all the illegal substance as making them stronger and all that kind of stuff. And of course, Canelo is not taking light to that. You know, De La Hoya is is firing back. And yeah, Canelo feels he's the best pound for pound fighter. Which right now, best pound for our powder is, you know, Gennady, you know, Triple G's been the one list. My prediction, Canelo and Triple G too, I got Triple G winning. I think it's going to go the full distance, but I also think there's going to be some people hitting that canvas. Maybe not a knockout, which is not impossible, very likely this time around, but there will be some bodies hitting that floor. Triple G and Canelo too, cannot wait for this. I'm a huge boxing fan. I love both guys. I'm a fan of Canelo and I'm a fan of Triple G, man. This is like, what boxing is all about. Can't wait for this next Saturday. Again, got Triple G, unanimous decision, 12 rounds. Sports Talk and Fuego headlines. Here we go, yo. Let's get in Fuego headlines started. Let's get this popping up in here. And let's start with Grant Hill, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, and Ray Allen all make the Hall of Fame, man. And they're getting inducted. Yo, what a great class, huh? Grant Hill, probably to me, the greatest Duke player of all time. Jason Kidd, you know, one of the best number two point guard, you know, number two all-time and assist leader. Steve Nash revolutionized that position. Ray Allen, the greatest shooter of all time. I mean, this is a great class among other people. But these are my, the four that I could relate to, the four that I like, the four that average Joe sports talk is going to include in their headlines. And let me tell you something. First, let me start with Grant Hill. Grant Hill, when he came out of Duke, in Duke, this kid was like ahead of, ahead of, ahead of the game. Small forward. You know, he's like 6'7". I remember that alley-oop in his freshman year that uh, Bobby Hurley threw up him out of out of like, out of of like this gym. And he went up there and got it and just cocked it back with one hand. You know, won two, um, two champs, two championships with the um, with Duke. 
two-time NCAA champion. When he came out, he got drafted. To me, Grant Hill was Pippen 2.0. And believe it or not, before if it wasn't for the injuries, I mean, this guy's career would have been very close to LeBron's. I think he was LeBron 1.5. So he was Pippen 2.0 and LeBron 1.5. You heard it here first, folks. Go ahead. Come at me. But let me tell you something. Look, look at his stats before he got hurt. Grant Hill in 1995-96 was his second season. He averaged nine rebounds and 6.9 assists per game. 20.2 games. 20, 20 points a game. Very LeBron-like. 96-97, same thing. Seven assists per game. That was career a high, actually. And nine rebounds. 21.4 points a game. So he got kind of kind of the average from like right before he left Detroit. You know, he went to Orlando. That's when he got hurt. His last year with Detroit, 25.8 points a game, six rebounds, and 5.2 assists. Of course, the rebounds and the assists went down because he was scoring more. But come on, before that, this guy was averaging nine, seven assists per game. I mean, rebounds per game and seven to six assists per game also on 21 points. I mean, come on, bro. Gold medalist. If it wasn't for the injuries, this guy would have had a very LeBron James-like career in regards to stats. He was the point forward, the prototype, right after Pippen. Jason Kidd finally got a ring with the Mavericks, played with a lot of teams, was co-rookie of the year with Grant Hill because they both came out of the same class. Number two assist leader of all time behind John Stockton. Smart, fast, gutty, played great D, you know, became an excellent shooter towards the end of his career. Excellent shooter for the end of his career. And he was just unbelievably, ridiculously sick. I mean, I would love his passing game. I mean, this cat just had the best handle. I mean, he was a 10-time, six-time All-NBA first team. All right, nine-time defensive, all-defensive first team. I mean, come on. He was nine-time defensive player. He made the first team four times. Dude, come on. You can't go wrong with this cat. He was nasty, man. I mean, he led the the league. He led led the league in assists. One year, he averaged 13.3 assists with Phoenix. Yo, for real, bro. Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. I mean, he he was insane. He he led. He actually, one year, he actually, his career high was like uh, 10.9 rebounds. One year, he averaged 10.9 rebounds uh, a game. I mean, I mean, assists per game. This guy was great. I mean, number two time assist leader of all time. Can't go wrong with him, man. And uh, not a pretty, not a pretty bad coach either. Steve Nash. You know, Steve Nash was two time MVP. You know, he's number four in assist of all time. But Steve Nash had a run, man. But he was averaging 11.5 assists per game in 2006, 2005, and 2006, 10.5. These are the two years he won the MVP. Again, I don't know if he should have won MVP both years. Maybe he should have won in 06. He averaged 18 a game, you know, 92% from the free throw line, 43 from three. I mean, come on. It was ridiculous, man. He was just having some ridiculous 53 from the field. But I don't think he deserved MVP back-to-back. He could have definitely gotten, you know, that was a little bit much of a push. But, um, you know, eight-time All-Star. And, you know, seven, you know, two-time first, you know, two-time NBA first team. So, not bad. Steve Nash, probably, like I said, top five NBA uh, NBA point guards of all time. I left Jason Kidd out, but I think I, sh- I, I screwed up. I should have put him in there instead of Mark Jackson when I did my list. And, of course, Ray Allen. Everybody gets a twister with Ray Allen. Everybody remembers Ray Allen as this clutch three-point shooter, this pure shooter from Boston. All right, this pure shooter from the Heat. But, yo, this cat used to average 20-plus a game when he was with Milwaukee. I mean, he got drafted. And with Milwaukee, he had three seasons, four seasons, he averaging over 21 points a game. Of course, three-point shooter in the high in the 40s, insane. He became a better shooter as he aged. With Seattle, off the charts, 24 a game, 23, 25, 26 his last year before he went to Boston. 
He's the all-time leader in uh, three-point shooting percentage. You know, he's a two-time NBA champ, of course, with the Heat. And uh, who can forget that shot he had against San Antonio with the Heat? You know, LeBron owes him, like, that championship because they were going to lose game. You know, they were going to lose that game. And LeBron would have only had one ring. So thank Ray Allen for that, my friend. I mean, 10-time NBA All-Star, he was just ridiculous, man. He has the, the reg- NBA regular season record for three-point field goals made, uh, 2,173. And the most attempts in a career ever made. So in the regular season, that's how many, you know, he's made 2,900 over three-pointers. That's Steph, Steph or Clay Thompson is going to break that. But, you know, hey, um, playoff field goals made, 385. I mean, this guy's ridiculous. He, he's just plain nasty. He was not just a shooter. This guy can also take it to the rack and dunk on you. Jesus, Shortsworth from Lincoln High, baby. From Coney Island, all right? He got game. Well, what's up there, baby? Uh, Spike Lee joint, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, these four cats were great, great individuals. I mean, they're still great guys. I mean, they have great careers after basketball. Except for Ray Allen, he disappeared. Um, you know, Jason Kidd is, was coaching. Grant Hill is um, NBA Network. Uh, Steve Nash is like playing soccer somewhere. He's just so happy, so happy, go lucky. He's not even funny. All right, moving on to Jacob Degrom ties an MLB record with twenty fifth straight start, allowing three or fewer runs. Yo. This guy's ridiculous, man. It's the only bright light for the Mets this year. I mean, he tied a major league record on Monday night, allowing three or fewer runs in 25 straight starts. It's a single season record. He pitches again this Sunday, and he's probably going to break it. I mean, he's he's pitched so many good gems. I mean, his record is he's 1.68 ERA and eight, he's 8-8. Eight and eight. Come on. He's probably going to be the guy that's going to win the Cy Young with the least amount of wins. He might even be under 500 because the Mets may lose some games for him while he pitched when he, while he only gives up a run or no runs. He's the beast. The Grom is the bomb, and he's the beast. And he's going to look great in pinstripes next year when he signs with the Yankees. Believe you me, the Yankees are going to give him mad dough. This guy is just a complete beast. I can't wait for him to go with the Yankees. Congrats to the Grom. He's the only bright light in Queens right now. The only thing the Mets can actually talk about and you know, keep their keep their heads up, but they're going to lose him next year. He's coming to the Bronx, boys. Mr. DeGrom is coming to the Bronx. So it's DeGrom, the bomb of the Bronx. Got it. You hear it first, man. I'm going to copyright. I'm going to brand that. I'm going to brand that saying. Moving on to Mr. Rick Pitino says he is retiring. So this is what he said during an interview. Quote this. I'm going to read this from the uh, interview that he had with um, Sports Illustrator and ESPN. But I see what's going on. What has been said. And I realize that I'm not going to be hired because this FBI investigation is taking forever. There are the ones that exonerate you, but they don't exonerate you. They just don't indict you. They never come out and say, well, we're sorry for putting your name in a complaint. That was wrong of us to do that. All they say is, hey, we deal with collateral damage all the time. Too bad that your career got ruined. He's so sour right now. Well, he knows his career is over. That's why he doesn't want to go through the grind. He doesn't want to go through this. Nobody's going to touch him while they investigate him. But I think this is all BS. He's saying this to grab some attention, catch attention. Once his investigation comes out, it'll take a couple years. I mean, he is getting kind of old, but he, he might come back in about two years when everything dies down a little bit because he wasn't that crazy. Yes, he did violate some rules because, you know, he, just, he you know it's kind of like an Urban Meyer thing, just way less because it has to do with, you know, family members of the... Um, of his recruiting, you know, DeAndre Ayton, you know, taking money from the um, agent and, you know, paying them trips to come visit DeAndre, which is kind of difficult to control. And that one you could actually play off a little better than you can 
what Urban Meyer said. That's a big difference, you know. You know, nobody in his staff was working on knew that. He just put Patino anyway, man. You know, he got game, baby. You know what I'm saying? It's all about he got game. Same thing happened that over there, baby. So just hey, it is what it is, bro. Just remember blue chips, okay? You should have done the same thing the coach did. Go out there and say, hey, lucky, I got the best team money can buy, and that's it. And just walk off. Just walk off in the sunset, man. Retire and don't say this because you are gonna come back. So. I don't care. I've never been a Patino fan. All right. And uh, finishing this off this week with Mr. Burt Reynolds. Like, man, one of my favorite movie stars of all time and former FSU athlete. That's why I have my headlines because he used to be an athlete, even though he played for a couple of years. But he played halfback at Palm Beach High School, you know, local South Florida product. <laughs> uh, Burt Reynolds was a running back for Florida State before he got injured in a car. You know, uh, has, you know, injured his back really bad. Pretty much the only year he played in college was his freshman year. Um, and he ran for 134 yards with two touchdowns, you know, 16 carries. Wow, that's not bad. 16 carries, man, 134 yards, two touchdowns. Hey, man, that was some good, decent stats for a bench warmer. And also have four catches for 76 yards. Yo, this guy was a dual. Yo, he, he, yo, whoa, what happened? This 134 yards, two touchdowns and 16 carries. He was a freshman and also had four catches for 76 yards. Yo, this guy's Alvin Kamara. He was Alvin Kamara of like the 1957s or something like that. This has happened that year. But he, he could have played at the NFL today, man. He's a dual threat running back. What's up with that, man? Burt Reynolds, baby. DFS, baby. Some fantasy. Yo, PPR, this guy right here, man. Come on. But no, God rest in peace, Burt Reynolds. I mean, uh, my favorite movies of, of him, even though he had a ton of hits and a ton of blockbusters, The Longest Yard, of course, because he has to do with football. And they made a remake afterwards, which is nowhere near as good as the first one. And Smokey and the Bandit. Dude, all two, both movies. I think there was a third third one too, but they were just funny, man. They were just hilarious. And the dude was smooth, man. He was smooth. He was the highest paid actor at one point. 10 million. 10 million, man. He made him one year, which was insane for like the 1970s, all right? So rest in peace, Burt Reynolds, former FSU. FSU was, uh, you know, um, going to honor his memory this weekend. With uh, the band doing some stuff, and then the, with a decal in his funeral, so he was he was a big FSU fan. Afterwards, he got an honorary degree in 1981. He, he was a regular coming back to the to the university, and you know, sitting in the sidelines and watching the game. He loved the sport. He loved the university. Great actor. Will be so will be greatly greatly missed. Yo, rest in peace, my man. All right, man. That's all we got today. Average Joe Sports Talk. This is your boy E Man. Yo, you like the content? Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on Twitter. Let's get this popping. Putting a lot of content out there. Let's let's keep let's keep downloading, man. I think it's time to get to the next level. I want to get top forty in uh, you know iTunes and um, and and the other podcast um, platforms that I that we uh, that I that I publish the show on. So your boy E Man, peace. Oh, oh.